Most bankers aren't ready to help you until after their third cup of coffee. But with Central National Bank's after-hours service, you don't have to wait for the bank lobby to open to get help. You can contact us from 6 to 8.30 in the morning or from 5 to 10 in the evening, and we'll connect you to a real, live, local person who can answer questions and fix problems seven days a week. Bank different. Bank central. Central National Bank. Member FDIC. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. This is a Rogue Media Network podcast. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. One quick college football note, then Chris Hummer, and we'll get Chris's comment. The college football playoff management committee unanimously agreed upon an undisclosed amount of money for incoming ACC member SMU that will go uh, to the conference. They were told like $6 million. Then all of a sudden, it was only going to be a million. Well, it, 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 they've ironed it out. It's going to be probably somewhere around $6 million uh, or between $1 and $6 million. Whatever it is, it's going to be more than a million. It'll be closer most likely to $6 million uh, that they will get for being a part of the ACC now that the format has expanded. Chris Hummer, your thoughts about that? Did the uh, college football people do it right? I mean, if you're SMU, they did it right. Um, I think it's probably the fairest thing to do given that SMU walks in that situation and SMU already being in a pretty big hole. Uh, from a rights perspective, was kind of was counting on that many to survive over the next couple of years. So uh, to take that away from them, I think would have been pretty crippling. You wrote an article that a lot of us have probably asked, and I've tried to ask a few athletes about NIL or whatever, and most of them, it, because they're worried about it being public or whatever, which would be anonymous, uh, you know, they they are not quite so free with the information. But you wrote an article that everybody probably can't wait to read and they haven't, they should. How real is NIL? Anonymous recruits in college football's 2024 class dish on collectives, contracts, and more. What was perhaps out of everything you learned something that was surprising to you? I think it's... I, I don't know about surprise. I think it's surprising that at this point collectives and people on the school side of things are starting to negotiate and essentially opt out clauses for transfers. Um, the transfer portal and NIL going at the same time have created uh, unprecedented landscape in college football. And I think it's interesting that essentially contracts are void uh, once a player enters the transfer portal in this era. Not, not shocking if you think about how contracts usually work in employment, but it's just a wrinkle of the process now that I think is a lot different. Um, the actual numbers themselves weren't particularly shocking to me, but um, 
I hope people found them interesting. How do players feel about the way that it is regulated, not regulated, the hoops that they have to jump through? Or uh, like Smokey said, even the stigma that comes with it, even though it's legal, it, it still feels to a lot of people like there's something wrong. Well, I think, frankly, most 17 and 18 year olds are happy to have an extra like hundred, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars a year in their pocket. I mean, I think a lot of adults would be thrilled to have that much money a year in their pocket. So from that perspective, I think it's fine. Um, I think depending on who you ask, athletes would like to be employees or they wouldn't. Um, I don't think there's a consensus around that. Um, I think a lot of the recruits I talked to were a little leery of eventually becoming employees of the university because you lose a little control. Um, and that, way of doing things essentially um the way it is right now it's kind of like the wild wild west i know that term is ever used but um schools and athletes have a lot of freedom that they wouldn't have any more um employment-based systems so i think the reactions from athletes on that perspective are a little more mixed so when you look at the nil let's go with some of the basic thoughts about it uh, there were thoughts that A&M had a $30 million NIL roster. There were thoughts that somebody was getting $13 million individually. Did those get blown out, the holes blown in those theories? Well, the, the A&M rumor was always ridiculous. I think it originated with a poster online called Sliced Bread. Uh, Jimbo Fisher allowed him to rise to fame by mentioning that during National Timing Day. Um, but that was always way off base. And I think you see that in some of the values here. Um, there is one recruit in this article that is making around a million dollars a year, um, but I, that is far less common than I think people believe. I would say you could probably count on maybe your fingers and toes the amount of million-dollar players there are in college athletics, college football specifically. Um, it is not a common thing. High-end quarterbacks can demand that much, and really, really special high school recruits can occasionally demand that much, but it is not a commonality. So in order to get a 2022 recruiting class of $30 million, um, you would have to pay essentially every player in that class a million dollars, which just isn't happening. I would say it's significantly less than a third of that number. Um, But I think what you are seeing based on this article is like in order to be competitive in the upper end of college football, your annual NIL value needs to probably be somewhere over four to five million dollars a year um because if you paid every recruit on your roster seventy five thousand dollars a year that'd be essentially six point four six point five million dollars a year um so you see what it kind of takes right now in college football to be competitive chris um you mentioned you know the, the some players being apoplectic about uh, being employees or uh, unsure of that um how i mean with the unionization news about dartmouth yesterday uh, do you think that that will catch fire or do you think it'll be more of a case by case basis, university to university before there's a gigantic players union of, of 17 to 24 year old guys, uh, most of whom probably don't even understand completely how, how unions work. Yeah, I think wide scale collective bargaining will be difficult for college football. Um, especially, I mean, I don't think any, player will be eager to give up part of their essentially NIL value or whatever to pay union dues like you would in a normal union. Um, But I think over the long term, and when I say long term in college football, I mean like three to five years, we will get to a place where there is a college athletes union and we will see collective bargaining between whatever the operating structure is of college football. I get the feeling it'll probably be the college football playoff 
um, and players themselves. But in the short term, you might see a couple unions pop up in place to place, but I don't, I don't envision it being one of those things in six months where we look up and there are 133 unions in the FBS. I, I could be wrong. Like I have been before with all the college football stuff, but that, that feels unlikely. And it just so much has changed in a matter of really just like even COVID. Uh, it, it just the, the extra year, uh, NIL transfer portal, all of that just kind of just came in at one time. Did anybody that you talked with or spoke with about NIL say that they did not ask for it? Yeah, um, there's uh, one or two players in the story um, that I quoted that were not interested in NIL, period. Um, it's not something they thought out. And some schools, frankly, still don't really make it part of their pitch. Like some contending schools don't make it part of their pitch. Um, it is not in the DNA of every program to be aggressive with NIL. And some schools, frankly, do it the right way. Um, and by the right way, in quotation marks, in terms of letting players seek out individual brand deals instead of essentially paying them a salary through a collective. Um, so there, there are some players that it's not a priority for, but I would say for the majority of players, even if it's not your main priority, it is now part of the conversation in a way that even a year ago at this time, it wasn't really. Um, the best players got some NIL deals, but now it's, now it's almost part of like essentially the presentation. Like you care about facilities, you care about academics, you care about contending, you care about um, the amount of dollars you can bring in. And it's up to every individual about what your priority is um, in that um, scale of factors. You know, in, in like Baylor, I know Mac Rhodes hates to hear this, but it seemed like that they were slow to pull the trigger and really got, jump into it. They were coming off the Sugar Bowl, the Big 12 championship, and it didn't seem like they took advantage of that. And now they have an NIL collective in GXG, and it, uh, everybody's getting something. Well, you know, the 85-whatever players – is it, if you started late, how long does it normally take you to make up? Is it just a matter of how much money people will contribute to it? Well, um, these collectives are interesting because essentially you're putting a tax on your fans to be competitive, um, which is frankly what it is. Um, and some programs have richer fans than others. So it really just depends on how engaged you can make your donor class and NIL and that's a risky, I mean, this is a different conversation, but it's a risky proposition because I think the 501c status of some of these schools is different than others. And in some cases, these um, funds will not be forgiven on your taxes. They won't be a write-off. And it's much harder in some cases to get donors to donate to NIL collectives than it would be to facilities where you could just write off as a donation to a university. Um, so I think it's really case by case in terms of how active and how motivated your donor base is. I think we saw Ohio State kick things into a gear they haven't been before this offseason, for example. And I think seeing your rival win a national championship can do that. Chris Summer with us, 247 Sports. Did anybody say that if you don't produce, and I read the article, I'm just asking you for the audience too. So if they get an NIL, whatever the money might be, have, have any of them or did they hear of anybody that actually lost money based on the guarantee because they did not play enough or play well? Yeah, I had a couple of recruits in the story say that if they don't play well, their contract can go down potentially uh, when they uh, negotiate the next time around. And in, some of these players have multi-year contracts and some of them have year-by-year contracts um, that can be renegotiated based on a number of factors. So, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think that would be a wake-up call for some players as well. But um, 
you don't perform up to expectations and you might not get to keep the deal you had. And I think in, I can think of several players in the transfer portal this offseason who ended up leaving their programs because their money that they had the previous season wasn't on the table for them again um, because of a number of factors. So it, it can lead to upset feelings and it can lead to changes on a roster pretty quickly if a player isn't as happy with his deal as he was before. This has been a Rogue Media Network production.